You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant. And today, we're talking about fear. We'll go over the definition of fear, and we'll ask 15 insightful questions on how to identify your fears. Last, we'll talk about the horror movie It and why you shouldn't be afraid of fear. Are you scared? No. Uh, are you? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so afraid of like the promotional picture because it's Pennywise from It and like I keep looking at it. Dude, scroll away from it. <laughs> Why are you looking at it? <laughs> I like I found it at like at midnight too, so like it's it's just like the last thing I saw before I went to bed. Okay, well, you know, when, when we talked about how we wanted to talk about fear, uh, you mentioned this movie, and so I watched part two for the first time last night, and we watched it like before, like right before we went to sleep. Like that's that's a pretty scary movie. I was it's really stupid. nervous. I you gotta watch it like daytime. I watch it like one one p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, try watching it at eleven, and then it's like okay, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, the only uh, scary dream I had last night was uh, well, there was two, but the first one was just a me being trapped in Target, and there was shopping carts all around me. Um, although the the guy, okay, in in it part two, there's the pharmacist, and he has that crusty face. He's like, you got cancer on your face. You know what I'm talking about? No, but hey, yeah, maybe. Crusty face, old, white-haired uh, pharmacist guy. And he was in the dream, and he pointed at me, and he's like, you're standing too close to me. Like, oh it God. was like COVID, and I didn't have a mask on. But I couldn't move because there's all these shopping carts around me. That gives me anxiety. Yeah. Like, that That actually sounds kind of scary. It, it wasn't scary, but I was just like, it was, I was stressed. It would have been scary if you're like, you were in the Dollar Tree, and then you were surrounded by shopping carts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I always have dreams about, like, me being, like, in school, and I, like, ditch all my classes for, like, the entire semester, and they're, like, the semester ends in three days, and then it's, like, what the fuck do I do? I haven't been to class. I don't know why. This always has these dreams, and they seem so real. Like, I'll literally, I'll have, it's always me skipping, like, biology or chemistry, uh, and it's always, like, seventh period. The hard science. Yeah, the hard science is, like, seventh period, and it's crazy. Or, like, I'll skip, like, my computer lab class. I don't know why I have that in college, but... There, there was a computer lab class, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's that, definitely something I dream about a lot. Th- those are scary. Like, you don't know, like, you just are in it, and you're like, what was I doing for all this time? Like, why didn't I go to class? Like, what's wrong with me? Or, like, last night I had another dream where I was supposed to be, like, financing a movie. Like, I was producing the film, but, like, I kept not going to set. And so I was like, I have no idea how they're making this movie without me. Like I'm not, I'm not there. Like I'm, I, I don't know if they're using petty cash. I don't know if I'm supposed to transfer like twenty thousand dollars to them. Like I don't know what's going on. See, yeah, this is it's definitely like, I'm, I know there's like information out there that explains you know why your teeth fall out and why you have these certain dreams because it's like fears and anxieties and stuff that you're like realizing in the dream world or yeah. robots took over Earth like a hundred years ago and we're hooked up to some fucking like USB ports and like that's just us <laughs> like could you imagine if the Matrix was just like USB C three? Pretty much. <laughs> they they probably in the new matrix that's coming out, they probably have to like change it now, like to be up to date with t- the technology we actually have. Yeah, we, what's the jack? Like they, they don't they don't even have to jack into the matrix now. It's just like it's like uh satellite it's shot from a satellite by Elon Musk. Why would these advanced robots still be hooking people up to, like, light sockets, though? Shouldn't they have, like, Wi-Fi by now? Like, That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> we gotta have oh my God. satellite internet. 
Okay, so why do you, why necessarily do we want to talk about fear? What what got us to this point? What got what inspired you to bring up this conversation? Well, so um, my wife, for people who don't know, she uh, attended virtually a concert called uh, the How to Summit. Uh, it's an organization concert <laughs> concert uh, organization conference uh, for for professional organizers. This and sounds great. Yeah, it's jobs. really cool. You would have <laughs> loved it. And there was this woman who spoke, and I don't know what the context was because I didn't see the conference, but she said this quote. Her name is Delise, um, and she started her business when she was age 55. So she became a professional organizer. I believe she also has a brand called that spotlights. It's like a platform that spotlights black and minority pro organizers called okay. Black Girls Who Organize. Um, I support her. And yeah, and she started her business at age 55, like I said. And her advice to the crowd was do it afraid. Um, yes. And I just felt compelled to text that to you because of some other stuff we were talking about. And that inspired this whole conversation that follows. Because I, I don't know what, what it means to you, but do it afraid to me is like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in your life that you're afraid to do. Um, and that holds you back from doing it. Um, so you should, instead of letting that fear constantly make you feel like you're not ready to do it, you should just jump into it and let that fear kind of inspire you. You know, within reason. Like, if it's something that you're afraid to do but you want to do and it's, you know, a positive thing, why not? Yeah. No, when I, I, think, it's, I think it's something that's so important, especially right now, in the in the climate we're living in because just in my life personally you have career changes you have family issues you have jobs friendships all these different things that bring up these certain fears but then you also have the whole world where you know what's happening with Haiti things that are happening in the Middle East things that are happening in Europe things that are happening in South America the pandemic all globally you know things that are happening just within California like and within Los Angeles like there's all these different microcosms and macrocosms of like things that are bringing up new fears for people and how we have to navigate life so like I think it's just a good conversation it's always relevant I mean just the pandemic alone you yeah. know being afraid that you might get sick Going out in public. Yeah. Or being in, in close quarters with your family. I go to like a Trader Joe's and I'm like, oh, this could be the day that like I just contract COVID. Uh, even though I'm vaccinated, don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's still that fear that, you know, you can get it, but that's why you get vaccinated is so that it's lessened. The impact is way lessened. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted this, you were going to use it, I guess part one and part two. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a springboard to kind of like, because you know we love to allude to like some type of literature or work of art, and mostly film or television. So yep. it just kind of helps us relate uh, the conversation to something that's a little more visual, uh, something that's a little more colorful. Um, but I wanted to b- before we continue this quote that I immediately like was drawn to. I had to find the actual quote because it's always misquoted or mis like misappropriated by Eleanor Roosevelt. I think some people always say she just said like, do do the, something that scares you, but I guess that's not what she said. Mm. Uh, but it relates very much to, to what Delise said. And that is, this is from Eleanor Roosevelt. She says, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing that you think you cannot do. 
And I don't know, that like resonates with me because there's this whole start of this podcast and the changes that I made from 2020 to now, a lot of them were based off of like facing my fears and 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 changing something about myself that like I had been living living by for 20 plus years, 30 years. And now I was like, you know what? Now enough is enough. It's time to face those fears and, and step forward into like this space that I don't know about. Like whether it's like talking being more out there about my life and personal situations about race, growing up, my upbringing, my career. Also, there's the sexuality coming out about that and talking about bisexuality. There's like just talking about anything that we talk on this podcast. Like all this, all these things were like me just being like, you know what? Like what? What's the point of like uh, just being afraid and, and hiding in a corner? Like we're running out of time. The pandemic really helped me realize that like I'm running out of time and every day I'm running out of time. So why, why let these fears take me over and control my life? Why don't I just like face them and, and deal with it, you know, the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, first thing I thought of when uh, I was reading this quote as you were speaking it uh, is we talk about the idea of get out of your comfort zone a lot. Yeah. Um, and every time you, you get out of your comfort zone, more or less what, you're, what is being spoken about is a nice fluffy way to talk about fear. Get out of the place that you're comfortable in and do something that you're afraid of or that you are un- it's uncomfortable to do. Um, and I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is like not necessarily a fear thing, but I mean, there's every time you, you know, are invited to something or like someone invites you to a party or, um, you know, you have to go, you get invited to go work this job or, or go to a conference or something. There's that element of fear where you're a little bit more, hesitant to go you're like yeah do I really want to do this do I really want to go work this job or, or go to this party like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna have fun every time that personally I've done that where I've said you know what I'm just gonna go it the, the worst thing that I imagined almost never happened like it's almost always like worth it my time to do when yeah. I'm questioning and I'm I'm you know maybe nervous or afraid to go do something nine times out of ten it, it's a positive experience that I have out of it that the what you're describing is actually something that you told me a while back about like measuring whether or not I want to go out or go to like a planned like thing that I have with someone. Uh, I remember I used to be like, Oh, like I have like, I'm supposed to go to dinner with somebody or some friends and I really don't want to go and all of that stuff like that. And this, this, and this. And I remember you said something to the effect of like, when you go there, you'll see the value in it. Like, but right now, like you're not so much like, so just get, get there. And then you, and then you won't forget about the fact that you didn't really want to go. want to be there. It was there's some, some side effect basically. Yeah. It's the same. And now I actually do that. Like I'll always be like, I'll just be like, Oh, I don't really want to get up. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to go drive across town. <laughs> but then every time I, I realize I'm like, when I get there, I'm actually going to enjoy it and have a great time and then completely forget about it all these other weird things, these these voices in my head telling me a hundred reasons why I won't have fun or to be afraid of. Yeah. I, I stand by that, even though I don't always follow that advice yeah, myself. You, <laughs> but I stand by it. It's always good, it's good advice. Great advice, but I always, don't always take it. Uh. Yeah. Um, and then to the second point, as far as like the, the uncomfortable conversations and everything we talk about on this podcast, oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 
I mean, Lizzie, the whole reason she told me this, this do it afraid quote from the least was because when she heard that, apparently she thought about us doing this podcast and how we just all of a sudden started doing it, having no previous experience in it whatsoever and just haven't stopped since. Yeah. She was very, uh, it made her think of us, I guess, which is cool. I mean, I, cause it was so funny. Like it, there was always this, like, I don't even know what software to use. I don't have the equipment. I don't have the time. What if I, what will we say on there? Like, am I going to have to talk about myself? Do I even like talking? Yeah. All, this, all this bullshit I was creating, you know, <laughs> you know, my ass likes talking. Well, but, <laughs> and, and, and for me, it's like, we'd have these long winding or winding conversations for like four home, or five hours, wasting our, our time. <laughs> You know, every day doing this, so I was like, "We might as well record it." We might as well, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's it's great that she she thought of that because yeah. I mean, it, I don't even think of it that way a lot. I'm only I'm only thinking that right now because it's presented to me, and right. this is a conversation that we brought up. But normally, I just like, oh, we're just doing the podcast. But yeah. I don't even think about us like breaking through, you know, constantly just talking about it, be about it situation. Yeah, totally. So uh, I'm going to go over the definition really quick. It's kind of long. It's not that long. Uh, what? Followyourrhythm.com. This is like this cool blog. Uh, you should check it out. But it, it's going to have the definition of fear. Also, is where we're going to get the 15 questions that we're going to ask that help us uh, realize these fears. Um, but so according to followyourrhythm.com, it says, so what is fear? Um, fear is an emotion or a feeling that we feel based on the belief that we are in danger. Some fear is healthy, such as the fear that comes from seeing a rattlesnake, as this fear will prompt you not to go near it. Basically, like animal instinct. Um, this is rational fear. This is your survival instincts kicking in. See? Uh, however, there are other types of fear that simply put are completely irrational and don't really serve a purpose. I have like a million of these. <laughs> Some irrational fears include having a fear of ants, authority figures, speaking in public or flying on an airplane. Uh, none of these fears are rational. They are merely based in some sort of programming. The Matrix. <laughs> it didn't say that. I added that. False belief system or a past traumatic experience. Right. Ooh. Some fears aren't as obvious as the fears of snakes or airplanes, though. Some fears are more subtle and harder to detect, as, such as the fear of failure, rejection, or loneliness. These are fears that you have to dig a little bit deeper to uncover. However, whether our fears are subtle or obvious, most of them are irrational, and we experience them on a regular basis. So if you have some crazy fears, please don't be ashamed of yourself and know that we all have them. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, so that's good. That's a pretty that's a pretty good insightful definition. I mean, like I feel like everyone's like, I know what fear is. I already know the definition of it. But I think what we we know what it is in the dictionary. We don't necessarily always apply it to our own particular situation. Well, and I think it's interesting too. Um, I don't know if we're going to read more from the blog before we get to the questions, but um, they talk about how a lot of things that we think are other things are fear or come from fear. Um, particularly feelings, um, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. It also goes into, basically, there, there's another part. I don't really want to go into this, but, like, why we experience the fears, because, like, it says babies are only born with two fears, which is loud noises and falling, um, and, which makes sense because that's what they're dealing with while they're in the womb the whole time. Mm. Uh, the, but the, and they can't see what the fuck's going on. Like, what the fuck is going on out there? 
I would be scared of loud noises too. But <laughs> the like, it is so interesting how many fears that I think I developed as a child, and they stuck with me. Like being afraid of the dark and being afraid of like I used to be afraid of talking to a, a, adults. Mm. Uh, and 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 I think. As a kid, if you're afraid of talking to adults, that's the person who grows up that is afraid of just talking to people because now they're an adult too. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Why are you so weird? Why can't you, why are you weird talking to people? It's because they probably had always a fear of talking to adults. And it just, it just, and now it just aligns with their actual age. Yeah. And now they're just like agoraphobic, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. So it's interesting that like how we develop the fears. And it also says our fears are based in our ego. Which is our identification with our false self and disconnection, a disconnection from our true spiritual nature. So yeah, this blog is obviously like a little, you know, uh, spiritual, you know, who, who, ha, who, ha, kumbaya. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. But uh, I'm into that kind of shit. But it's um, I always avoid applying it to like my career or taking chances a lot. Cause then it makes me get mad. Like, wait, you mean to tell me this is all my fault? Why I'm not moving forward with the next step in my life? You mean to tell me it's all my fault? Why I'm not like succeeding in these certain areas? It's because of my fears or because of like some weird roadblock that I put up. It's hard to come to terms with that. Yeah. I mean, I can't help but think that to a certain degree, the level of success that you have in your life is because, and I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about in general, like it, it depends on how willing you are to face and embrace fear. Like, like you have to face the fear of rejection and overcome it. You have to face the fear of not being good enough or not being qualified enough and, and just try and do it. And you have to face the fear of failure and be okay with failing multiple times um, to succeed. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm sure there's plenty of successful people who, who you know, have got their without having to really do much in, in, you know, in terms of facing their fears. But there's plenty of people who started off, you know, to quote Drake, from the bottom and, and <laughs> succeeded and got here by facing their fear. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I, I, I will say to, to the part that you said, like people that there are some people that don't have to really face them that much. I, I think that like that starts to move, that moves into what privilege is. Right. And yeah, if you want more on that, listen to the episode, Black Man and Privilege. Uh, so two episodes before this one. <laughs> we don't have time today. Yeah, we don't have time today. Uh, time but yeah, today. it's it it definitely is is so interesting that I don't know. I feel like it's something you can never get rid of. Mm. And that like I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that like I'm always I think I had this conversation with with a friend, a mutual friend of ours, that I was like, we were both were like Damn, you know what really scares me? That for the rest of my life, I will always be anxious and I always will be like this way. Like, I always will be worried about things. I'll always, you know, be neurotic. And we're just like, that'll never go, like, will that never go away? And like, someone could say, yeah, you can go to therapy and all that, but therapy is just like learning how to manage it. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't eradicate those things, it doesn't eradicate traumas, it doesn't, it doesn't eradicate fears it doesn't eradicate you know the pain it just learn teaches you how to manage it and live with it in a in a healthy way so it's it's yeah that's kind of what the blog talks about too because there's a section on how do we overcome fear and they share how they used to be afraid of dogs but then they did some work to get rid of it and then they do have irrational fears in other areas 
and that they suggest is the most helpful thing in overcoming your fears is to become aware of aware of them, identify them, and see them for what they are. And uh, I think about the movie Harry Potter <laughs> because in Harry Potter, a lot of it is like fear of of death and overcoming fear. And I think when Harry goes up against that monster that is the like thing that that becomes your your greatest fear. Oh, that like little that little armoire that they the open bogart. Up? You remember? It's called a bogart. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, and they they keep it in the armoire. His is his is the the fear of fear itself, and just being too afraid to be able to face whatever he needs to face. Ugh, Harry Potter was such a privilege, a little white boy. <laughs> <laughs> My fear is only fear itself. Okay, fucking JFK. Bye. Well, I mean, he started from the bottom, right? His parents. Wait, were that wasn't JFK. That's FDR. In a right? Who said trailer that? trunk. Like I don't know what he was living in. Some some closet. <laughs> he was living in a, in like a box. He was living in the same thing the Bogart was. Yeah. Truthfully. Duh, okay. He wasn't that privileged. I'm sorry, Harry Potter. I take that back. Uh, you went through <laughs> this it. This is why there's different levels of privilege. And for more on that, see our yeah. episode on privilege. See our, <laughs> see our past episode. And if you are over that, listen to about us talk about racism again. Yeah. Okay. Um, on an episode right before this one. But anyway, all right. I wanna I wanna go into the 15 questions. And I think, I mean, I think we're naturally probably going to be like, this reminds me of it or something. Yeah, but, it will come up in that, yeah. I'm sure. So according to followyourrhythm.com, it's going to say that these 15 questions are going to trigger uh, some of your fears and make you go really deep and get uncomfortable. Although every time people say that, I'm like, it ends up not even being that deep. It's really kind of surface or shallow. But So we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll break down and be like, I can't do this anymore, Grant. This is too much. Mm-hmm. Or it might be it's another day, another walk in the park, because I feel like we have these conversations a lot. So Yeah, we, we, we face our fears sometimes together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we, I will have the link uh, to this blog. Because there's an actual worksheet that you can download. It's a free worksheet, too. Yeah, and our um, goal with doing these is so that you can also think about these questions for yourself as you're listening. And yeah. And do it yourself. Do it yourself. Uh, I think I think it's just a good practice. I feel like, I don't know, I, just, I have been in such a state of, like, trying to better myself, like, mentally. Because mm. uh, I was just like, when, when else is the time to do it? And the pandemic brought that, brought that up. I feel like it brought it up for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, so like this was this is just a great topic and this is just a great way to go about it by asking these 15 questions. Uh, so, right before we, we do the questions, they, they also say here the quote that I was talking about. Also keep in mind that a lot of times when we feel frustrated, impatient, anxious, angry, or jealous, it's usually fear at the root. Fear expresses itself as all sorts of negative emotions, so don't dismiss these feelings too easily. Yeah. Exactly. That's like, I think one of the things I want to get out of this is is that the explanation or the understanding that a lot of things like that we talk about, whether it's like sexism, homophobia, racism, crazy political discourse and stuff like that. A lot of these things are rooted in fears. Like when people going outside and getting mad and saying, you're making me wear a mask and it's taking away my rights. They're afraid that they're going to be told to do something they don't want to do. They're afraid their rights are going to be taken away. When someone is like, 
I when we're talking about gun control, there's two sides. One person's afraid that the, the government's going to overstep and take everything out of their house, take all their guns. The other side is like, I'm afraid that kids are going to continue to get shot in, in high schools and elementary schools. So it's like all, all, everything's always rooted in fear. When yeah. we have these crazy wars and stuff, it's like one side is afraid that the other side is going to have more power, more resources, more, you know, take over their country. So they fight back and it ends in violence and stuff. So it's like, it's so interesting that fear drives, like that's such an intense emotion that drives so much action. Totally. Uh, so I'll ask, I feel like we could, you want to each ask each other the questions or like popcorn or? Yeah, we can switch off. Like you read one, I'll read one. Okay, so I should I ask the question and answer it, or you should? Uh, why don't you ask it and then we'll both answer it? Okay. All right. It looks like there's like some questions within like some follow up parts to it. Okay. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, the first one is what do you absolutely hate doing, and how does it make you feel? Do you hate it because it triggers a deeper fear within you, and what fear? I. I could answer this one. Go for it. I think what I absolutely hate doing is I hate I hate bringing pain to others, like stress or like negativity. Like I I'll I can get in arguments with people, uh, but that's because that argument is is like the fear of me not being heard or the fear of me uh being like devalued or or, or you know invisible. But the the thing I had the biggest fear of, like, and this is weird, like being in a management positions and in, in, in positions where I'm in charge of people is like, I don't like hurting people's feelings because my biggest fear is that that gives them the power to come back and hurt mine. Interesting. So like, I'm like, if I'm just, if I try not to, if I try to keep everybody happy, everybody would be nice to me. Like, I literally hate, like, complain about things. Like, I don't, like, to, to, like, a, like, I wouldn't go to, to a server and be like, hey, you know, the food took a long time to come out. And this really pisses me off. It should have came out a lot faster than, uh-uh. Because my, the reason why I'll never say that, because I'm afraid that I'm going to be the last person that breaks them down and then they go hurt themselves or they go spit in my food or it, karma comes back to bite me in the ass and then I get screwed over somehow and get yelled at the same way. So like all I, I just won't, I can't do it. I'm that, I'm that guy who's like, uh, people, you can just crowd me in line. <laughs> Cause I, I'll, I'll, I'll make a comment about it too. Like if you're with me, and yeah. you're standing next to me and you see someone crowd me, I will probably talk, talk to you and say, I can't believe this person just crowded me right. and let them overhear me. I, I can't say it to them directly. I'm like, I'm an indirect shady person. <laughs> I'm going to be upfront and honest. <laughs> I, I can't help but think of the same answer for a different reason. Um, What's your reason? So I really, really can't, like, I, I really hate letting people down. That's probably my number one thing because I think it's, if, if I'm going to guess, I don't know if it's jumping ahead because I have a fear of rejection, I think. So uh, for me, I just really, I don't like, I don't like rejecting other people or, or, or hurting other people's feelings because then I feel like it's going to be like me that's, that's ultimately rejected and then it's going to come back on me. Yeah. I that's think. just so funny. This explain like, 
I feel like when we had there, there was that moment where we were having struggles with like recording the episodes and getting a date scheduled down and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was mad at you, kind of. That was such a hard moment for me because I think we were na- we were both navigating this fear. Yeah. I was I was mad because I had to be mad at you, and I was like, I don't want to be mad at you. I'm mad at you for making me be mad at you. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't want you to be mad at me because like. Yeah. For, for the same reason like you know, it's like I because then like it makes me realize that I'm worthy of being mad at it's like yeah. so we both were just like it was just a whack ass like oh man uh how horrible tiff. yeah yeah and the things that I that I deeply regret and have deep fears about are those moments where I've I've let someone down or like hurt, hurt their feelings uh either directly or indirectly I think yeah. that's my that is my deep fear I yeah, hurting people's feelings just it's not that's like honestly to tell you, I'm not even that progressive of a person. It's not like I'm doing like I'm not against all these things because like I want to be the champion and a hero in the AOC of America or whatever. I don't even care about all that. I literally just don't like racism and homophobia because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's like, like why why give yourself more of a reason to like get hurt or get or, or hurt other people? Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I'll do everything in my power not to hurt people's feelings. So if that if that means that I got to accept every single body and everything, okay, cool, we can do it. It's easy. Yeah, it's it's much easier than the alternative, which is hating other people for no reason and being mean to them for no reason. Mm-mm. It sounds like some Care Bear shit, but like it's real. Well, you know what, Care Bears have. Something to say. They had a message. The Carabers had a fucking message. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, if they could shoot rainbows out of their stomach, they would. <laughs> I mean, I'm You didn't tell me you wouldn't do it? According to some people in my family, I'm basically shooting rainbows out of my stomach right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the second question is, what causes you anxiety? Like, what triggers your anxiety? Or Can what I go first? makes you nervous and uneasy? Yeah. So this was, this was going to be what I was going to answer at first for the first one. And it's like meeting new people hmm. or like being in social settings where I don't know what to say. Like, like that, that I have a lot of social anxiety, I think. I can see that. Cause you've seen me in group settings where I'm just like wallflower mode. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird though, because like being a person who like, I talk to you, I'm like, it seemed like you're, you're talking to me. Everything seems fine, but I'm not paying so much close attention to your interactions with others. Yeah. So like they're they're that is probably definitely at play, but I'm I'm just focused on like our relation. I'll be like, oh, he's talking to me, he's talking to his wife, he's talking to like other close friends, his sister or parents, but I'm not noticing that you're not talking to people that you don't know that well. It's so it's so weird. Like I feel like I can turn this on and off, but I feel like to turn it off, I have to be like very gregarious, very like outgoing and like obnoxious. Like, I have to be okay with being obnoxious in order to, to overcome this. Otherwise, I'm, like, too self-critical, so I'm, like, just monitoring myself off of who I'm talking to, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. It's like, I can do it. Like, I, I know how to do it, but I don't want to do it in every situation. Because then it's like, what am I trying to be? Like, the, the, the bell of the ball? <laughs> What's the right <laughs> term? Like, I'm trying to be the star of the show. Oh, like, my gosh. No, that. the bell of the ball. I like that better. Yeah. Yes. What about you? Oh, uh, what causes me anxiety? Shit, everything. I'm an anxious fucking person. But I think what causes me anxiety is like being so transparent with my emotions actually mm-hmm. gives me anxiety because then I'm like, I'm always just worried like, what does that mean? What is, what are people going to think that means? What do I, what do I think that means? Like, 
I'm the kind of person where if I'm having a terrible day, I will probably let you know I'm having a terrible day. But then it, I feel like I get I get anxiety because of that because I'll also have a moment where I'm laughing in that day and I'm like, oh, but I told everybody I was having a terrible day and I know I'm having a terrible day, but now I'm laughing. So like, is that day really that terrible? Is anyone going to even believe me? Do I even believe me? And then like, I, I just coned this to whole anxiety of like, of like my emotions not being real because I because I allow them to change so much throughout the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, but let's let I'm at for this one I'm gonna ask the deeper the deeper part to this. So what triggers this anxiety or or what makes you feel nervous or anxious that you're too open? Yeah, I like I think I think sometimes I want I'm like damn why can I be the the dark and mysterious guy? I like feel like I fucked that up a long time ago. Why can't you be ago. like me? <laughs> Yeah, you ain't, you are not dark and mysterious, but <laughs> you like you're whimsical and, and colorful. You don't uh, like that. You. you hate when I call you whimsical. Uh, but yeah, no, I just feel like I just put I put too much out there, and I don't even. I mean, I just don't naturally don't know how to be that way. So it, it makes me so nervous. I feel like I like this. I mean, we're already getting so deeper on the second question, but I honestly feel like I fucked everything up with like a lot of people in my family and stuff like that because I live in my truth. That's I know that's sad to say this. A lot of people are like Mike continue to do you and do it, but I'm like, damn, everything could have been fine if I would just kept my mouth fucking shut and then just you know stay in the closet and don't say anything and just be quiet and, and keep your mouth shut like if i if i would allow like i just yeah that gives me anxiety that like now i open this fucking door and now i have to live in wonderland like i did it i now you have to i can't i can't go back mm. like maybe the only way i could go back is like if i'd win i was like oh yeah guys actually i went to conversion therapy and i found god but again see, no 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 I, I, I'm interested to see where these questions lead because maybe it leads to uh, an answer there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if I was just gonna give you what I what I think right here and now, I mean, I I think it's like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Oh, you have an awkward conversation every now and then. Well, one is just distance. I, you can just, I can just feel it. You can just, even if people don't say it, you can just feel that like, cause it's not even just about my sexuality. It's just even about putting my, putting things out there on front street. Like sure. by doing that, it's just, there's a, there's a whole sect of people, not just my family. There's a whole sect of people that just like don't vibe with that. Because like you said, uh, when you were meeting new people, you get anxiety. Some mm-hmm. people have anxiety with sharing things or being out there. Yeah. So just being in my presence, you're like, oh, fuck, I can't be around Mike too long because his, he going to be kicking his legs up with a skirt on and talking about our life and our emotions. Like I literally, when I meet people, like I want to play the, like the, you're, we're not really strangers card game to like break down the walls. And they're like, you just met. Can you calm the fuck down? So like, uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I feel you, but I think it opens you up to like so many new experiences with different people too. So. It is a beautiful journey. I, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just being real because I'm answering the question. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I am, I am enjoying the experience, and it, and it has been so beneficial to me. But it's, it's that's why I relate it to like Wonderland or like, you know, Oz or something. Because right. there are moments where shit gets crazy. Right. <laughs> like, like just because, like just because I'm in this beautiful land or whatever, and going through this new experience is like, there's still a wicked witch flying around trying to fuck me up. There's still, you know, like crazy monsters or something that might come in every now and then and try to throw things off. So yeah. like it's 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 not it's not as much the beautiful it's not a beautiful experience consistently. There's gonna be some peaks and valleys. 
Totally. Uh, third question. What are some of your biggest, <laughs> most obvious fears? Okay, well, I think we know. For, for, for me, it's fear of rejection. What about you? Uh, I have fear of rejection, and my other big one is fear of, like, inadequacy. Like, like I'm not intelligent enough. Mm, I, like imposter I, syndrome? Yes. But it's, like, it's just, it's deeper than that. Because it's not, it's, like, it's not even, like, imposter syndrome, I, I think that comes with, like, me and a writer being in certain, you know, career, sure, something you're qualified career for, positions, yeah, and you still don't feel, and enough. you doubt, you doubt that, yeah. But for this is also for me, like even just in a normal conversation, we're talking to people, even doing this podcast and stuff. Sometimes I'm like, oh, should we redo the whole episode? And like, I just talk like Stephen Hawking or something, you know, like very scientific and and intelligent, or Neil deGrasse Tyson or something. I'm like, mm. am I too informal? Do I sound stupid? Do I am I speaking ebonics? Are people gonna think, oh, he's just a dumb black guy? Like, it's like I, I, like I do all that in in the middle of a fucking conversation. I could be at a party, we all stand around smoking cigarettes and shit, drinking beers, and I'm still doing it. I'm like, this is literally the most informal situation, and you worried about not sounding smart enough. I do think though, like, there's a lot of people who can relate to that. Yeah, like, you don't I, sound stupid. Yeah, I mean, I even I even have that to some degree. I don't think you know all the time, but but actually, yeah, because there's moments where I won't talk because I don't want to say something stupid, or I don't want to say something that people aren't interested in, or or that could be judged. So I'm just like I'm just gonna listen and chime in when I have something that I think would be good to contribute. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. I also another big one that I think. I don't talk about that much. Well, there's two. One, I'm claustrophobic as fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause sh- should we do like one that's like very like, like it, it, totally irrational? Like, yeah. Like it's, that? Okay. it's like, it's kind of irrational. That, that, I don't know where it came from. I, my mom is also claustrophobic. I don't know if it's genetic, but I guess it is. But like, I can't, it's gotten so bad now. When I was younger, like my brother, you know, like cousins and brothers and stuff would put the kid in the box, cardboard box or something. And like, Ooh. and then you'd like be playing and they would sit on it or something and close it and not Did let you out. Did they do that to you? Yeah, they, that kind of shit. Or put the pillow in my face, which is like, how oh, you kill people. So I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, but that happened brothers, to me. Brothers are crazy. Kids are crazy. But that, I don't think that's what triggered it. I was already claustrophobic before that. So maybe my, like... I think I also had a C, my mom had a C-section. So I'm the kind of person I'm like, when I was a baby and in the womb, it was just too much for me. And I was like, I can't come out the vagina. I can't do that. Uh-uh. It's too small of a space. I'm scared. Uh-uh. Y'all got to cut me out. Cut me out. So you, you were going head first and you could see it. See it and you're like, uh-uh, I'm not uh-uh. going to make that. I ain't going to do I'm it. Not Everyone's like, that. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like whatever spear was talking, he was like, don't worry. It's going to stretch. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I can't do it. It's too small. Uh, so I just like, cut me out. And I came out a whole month early because of that. So that's I was like I was claustrophobic. That that's how long I've been claustrophobic. That I was a C section. Uh, <laughs> that no, but it's bad now. And in my adult life, I thought I was gonna get over it. But then I like I'll go to the dentist, and now I have to be like sedated because I mm. I have panic attack in the middle of like them working on my mouth. Normally. Oh wow! Something that I normally I did as a kid, um, and then also there was another time I was in, going on a trip in San Francisco uh, with a couple of friends, and we were in this SUV, and it was really dark in the SUV because it was nighttime, and everyone was taking turns sitting in the very far back seat. That also had like a bunch of like groceries and stuff back there, uh, and and uh, uh, you know like luggage and stuff. So it was like sure. a tight space. Everyone sure. else could fit in there pretty well. Small smaller women. Uh, as one of our smaller friends, he got, they could fit in there all well, but they were tired of getting back there. We were going to rotate. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll take a stab at it. 
I went back there and my knees, I was folded like a pretzel, like a 2D pretzel, all like hemmed up in the back. And I was literally back there for like a good five minutes. And while we're while they were driving, I was like, I have to, I have to get out. I have to get out. I started having like an actual panic attack. Wow. And I never, I never really had that before. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't, I gotta get, and everyone was like, you know, everyone's being very mindful. Like, okay, okay, we'll like get you out. But I was like, damn, I was like, I couldn't even control it. Like wow. I couldn't even stop myself. I was like, I'm going to like, like I was panicking so much. I would have just tried to break the window to get out damn. because it was too tight. And I was like. And I was like, this claustrophobia has gotten crazy now. Like, I can't, I can't even sleep on my back like I used to. Wow. Uh, so yeah, oh my it's just, it's nuts. Okay, so, so like to to jump off of that. Yeah. So I got in a pretty bad car accident when I was seventeen. I drove the car off. Essentially, it was an S curve. Uh-huh. I hit the gravel on the curve. My wheel spun out. I went off the road, above a fence, into a ravine, and nearly hit a tree. Um, luckily I was okay. Uh, airbags went off. Like, I think I, I was like hit. So I couldn't breathe for maybe like, I don't know, 10 seconds, 20 mm-hmm. seconds, something like that. But somehow miraculously survived. Yeah. What you were just describing reminded me when I was with my parents two years ago and my dad was driving in Yosemite for a couple of years after the car accident, I had a lot of anxiety re- driving on windy roads um and particularly windy roads in like rural areas like around where my accident happened um and especially when i wasn't driving the car and i thought i had gotten over that and then when we were in yosemite you know you're basically driving this windy road along the mountains and like down below you it's like nothing but trees and like you're miles and miles and miles hundreds yeah i can't do it miles off the ground not gonna do it and my dad was driving, and I was, like, feeling that same panic where I was like, you have to go slower. He was going, like, 40, and I was like, you have to go slower. Like, where I just was, felt totally out of control and totally not okay. Yeah. Panicking and all that. And, I mean, that's probably, that's probably so interesting for a parent to hear that. Yeah, well, like, he was mad. He was like, like, are you okay? He was, like, kind of teasing me about it. He's like, oh, is this fast enough for you? Is this slow enough? Like, he was like... And you know he he he's kind of got that personality, but well, because it probably seems irrational to him because because yeah. it, it hasn't been something that's always been a thing. That's that's something that I think is important to know is that you can develop just because you didn't have something from when you were two years old and your parents are fully aware of it. It could be something new, and that's why people need to be mindful because you never know. And I think some a lot of people. This is something that's important now. A lot of people have developed these. Whether it's rational or irrational fears around the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and you know, being in certain situations where things are not clean, being in certain situations where you're too close to someone, just being in the grocery store, everyone's wearing masks, but you still get too close together. I mean, we joked about that at the beginning that I had a dream where like the shopping carts were too close to people, but that's a real thing that a lot of people deal with right now. Um, you know, these new anxieties, these new fears, yeah, whether I, rational or irrational. That, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I think the time that the dentist, when I was, when I had the first like really panic attack uh, was last year. So wow. it's maybe my claustrophobia got more intense because like I am man, cooped up in a house or something. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things that are not battling that. So now I think it's overpowering me. That's it, interesting. We also, I mean, we've, we've talked about this, but we're like, I don't know. I don't want to call it kindred spirits because it was a terrible experience. But the the car accident is something that we both 
both share. Yeah. Because I also, I was thinking I was around 18, 17 or whatever at the time. So it happened at different points in our life because we're different ages, but we both were the same age when it occurred. Right. But I also got in a car accident, crashed, but right. windshield shattered, whatever, or cracked. Wow. The airbag came out, hit me in the face. I was like out of unconscious for like, you know, it was like, it felt so weird. I'd never fainted before, but that was the only time, that was like the only time I think I have like ever like fainted and came to. And I realized time had passed because, like, the song that was playing, I will never forget. It was like the Lloyd song that's like, I, don't, I can't even sing it right now, but it's like one of those Lloyd, like, RB songs with like Chris Brown or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I hear it now, or Bobby Valentino, one of those people, but every time I hear that song now, like, it's like, it triggers me wow. because I remember coming to, like, that song was playing and I, it kept playing and my mouth was bleeding and stuff. And my car wasn't, it wasn't completely totaled. It was a car I had in LA for a while. Oh yeah, it, I had I to drive it back home. Damn. So like, I called my brother and like told him what happened. And him, and my mom, and dad, obviously everyone's freaking out because I'm like not able to give full information. I'm I'm process, I'm dealing with it. Yeah. So they're like, "Is he? What's going on? Like, are you okay?" And I'm I had to drive the car back home. And so the Damn. whole time I'm driving the car home, like bleeding and crying with this like fucked up car, like <laughs> like driving down the street. So yeah, it it's that hasn't left me. Like till this day, if I mean you notice because you live with me and like yeah. there's a lot of friends of mine, you see how very rarely I want to drive. Right. And then I it's cause like I the reality is if I have to drive, I'll do it. But if I don't, I don't want to. I am not into it. I do not like driving. Cause yeah. there's cause that experience, there was a car accident, uh an avoidance of a car accident I got in with my mom, uh, where she she basically she turned into like Vin Diesel and was like, It's all about family and she fucking was Tokyo drifted and she she prevented the accident. But damn, that's that, amazing. That that was something that was triggering. And then the one of the biggest things that's most recent was my I had three friends back to back to back, uh, all die in car accidents. Um, two of them, their cars basically like burst into flames and and that and that's and that's how they their life ended. But I'm like. I literally, I literally can have like if I'm driving for too long, if I have to go two hours or something like that, I literally at any moment can have a panic attack. So everyone's like, "Why don't you like you know family or people that live long distance? Like, come visit, come drive over here, go down to the beach, come do all this." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. like because it's kind of playing with fire because at any moment I could that that trigger can be triggered, yeah, and then I could like freak out." Yeah, totally. I I think that makes total sense. Um... I was gonna throw in there that I'm also afraid of spiders, but <laughs> oh yeah, I but mean, I mean every, that's that's, like, those are those are relatable ones. I mean, I, everybody. I, I kind of got over it. I don't know. Are you are you afraid of spiders? What are, I I can deal with them, but if I it's one of those things. If I don't have to, I don't want to. Yeah, like feel the same. I don't want to touch it. I don't don't get get away from me. So yeah, I, there's spiders, snakes, <laughs> also uh, ghosts. Oh, I'm yeah. very afraid of ghosts. I don't like sp- spiritual sh- like not, I like spirit spirituality. Hold on, I don't like like paranormal stuff. Oh, demon possession and ghosts. Uh, uh-uh, I'm out. I don't even like watching movies about that because I'm like, ah, uh, what if the demon jumping to me through this movie? Uh, I ain't watching this shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> had to bring some levity in there after that. Yeah. yeah. Also, like dark water. I'm afraid of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm not a very strong swimmer, so I think I'd probably be. For, I'm afraid of. Uh, Oh, I'm afraid of earthquakes, actually. Ooh, I feel like everybody should be afraid of an earthquake. If yeah. you live in California the or one? the West Coast, you definitely should be. Yeah. 
Ooh, okay. See, all these natural disasters, yeah, everybody afraid of that. Okay, the fourth question, is there something in your life that you really want to do or a certain passion or dream you have but aren't doing it because you're scared? This relates very much to to uh, Delise? Uh, yeah, Delise. Yeah. Uh, and what is it and what are you scared of? So what is something in your life that you really want to do or something that your life that you wanted to do that you are doing that you were afraid of? Okay, so you know how, like, you and I both are writers, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we write scripts, sometimes together, sometimes separately. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I'm really afraid to do, I am passionate about, but I'm not doing, is writing, like, a book or something that, like, you don't need someone to give you permission, yes or no to. I think with screenwriting, it's very much, at least I've I've been able to rationalize it as, like, well, I need a gatekeeper to say yes or no to me before I can get this made. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I've prepared myself ahead of time for the rejection for it. But what I haven't prepared myself for the rejection for is like, you know, I could write a book and I could publish it myself on Amazon and I could put it out right now. Like, like that, like it's something that I have full capacity to do. There's no gatekeeper that can tell me yes or no and I can just do it. Doesn't mean it'll be good, but I could do it. And that is something that I am very scared to do and haven't done. I'm intimidated even just to write prose. It's been so long since I've I've been writing screenplay format for, for years and you know, just writing like a book on its own. I'm scared to write because I'm like, I don't know how to make it sound good and not cheesy and not stupid. And Man, this that's such a real thing. <laughs> like I used to only write books. And yeah, like in narrative, like narrative fiction, and then we went to school, learned the screenwriting shit, and now I'm like, I don't even know how to describe things pro- properly now. Now I like everything is two sentences. Yeah, I write things like super brief, <laughs> present tense, room tall. So, yeah, so I'm like, oh, they broke me. So like, yeah, there, there <laughs> definitely is. A, oh, there goes my phone. There definitely is a fear of. Okay, hold on. Yeah, pause. There, <laughs> there definitely is a fear of like. Of, of, of not knowing how to do the things that I do know how to do so then I don't do them or don't do them like with that much effort because like I'm like oh I, I'm broken now but that's 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 the process of this podcast and other projects we've been working on yeah and I think getting in the practice of just being like just get it out there who gives, who gives okay. a fuck if it's not perfect that's it that's it that's a deeper thing too because I would say a lot of people who know me who work with me would probably criticize me for not putting my stuff out there. Yeah. Where is it? I mean, you can say that for both of us. The amount of things we work on and the the amount of skills that we have pertaining to writing our creative mindset, we we literally give like 5%. Like what do you everybody, mean, we give five percent. Everybody, everybody only sees that. Oh yeah, oh, they don't they get to see. see they don't five, get to see hundred yeah. percent. They don't get to see like everything they're working on. Like like we talk, you talk about a small piece, and they're like, I don't even know that you you've written all these screenplays or come up with these these imaginative worlds with they're in space and there's and there's you know there's cultures and religions and there's different par- characters. Yeah. I don't even know your mind works like that because you keep it all. You keep it all kind of hidden to yourself. And there's this idea that it's like, oh, once it's ready, once it's ready, once I Mm -hmm. figure it out, once I get the the gate, the impartial third party gatekeeper to give me the okay, then it's okay. Then I can share it. Even to get it to that point, you know, you have to do so much work uh, uh, mentally to be like, it's ready to share. And it's like, 
that that if if anyone is going to take anything away from this episode it should be that this idea of waiting until things are ready that day will never come it will never truly be quote unquote ready do it now even if you're launching a, a business right you have to start it at some point in order to put it out there. Mm-hmm. You have to get your first customer. And that first customer might get something shitty. But but at least they got what like you know, at least they got something. At least it started. And then you could say, hey, what can I do better next time? You know, but that 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 idea of of waiting until something is ready, I mean, I gotta chalk it up to Delise. Do it afraid. Yes, do it afraid. Do it scared. Do it live. Uh like he who shall not be named anymore because he's canceled uh <laughs> the so yeah i don't need to answer that my answer is exactly the same i, I uh, had a feeling it would be yeah <laughs> um we i mean we're pretty much the same on paper anyway number five have you avoided certain jobs people places situations conversations or experiences out of a fear of something oh 100 percent uh have you yeah. yeah i think i think now i'm moving into a space that is that is breaking some of those fears down. Yeah. But for the longest time, I I didn't apply for writing jobs. I didn't I didn't work in that space because I was like, oh no 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 one's gonna take me serious. Which was like, bitch, who are you kidding? Like, get your shit together and, and get out there. So I literally would avoid that. Yeah. Um, also, there, I will say that there are certain familial situations that I avoid, uh, and conversations that I avoid out of fear of being validated on my on my fears of like you know uh homophobia or how they see their their judgment of my lifestyle i don't i don't want i don't want to be proven right and if i'm proven wrong i'm also not even know how to react to that because then it's gonna because i I get uncomfortable with compliments and i get uncomfortable with support (laughs) i'm like just i'm just a shitty person (laughs) i would i would say conquer the the second part of that at least right right get that shit together that's that's what do it afraid accept your compliments afraid like yeah i I need a therapist for that uh (laughs) i'll let them handle it but yeah i I mean i avoid those things what do you avoid what jobs people places oh same uh, I, I definitely would avoid applying for things that I'm really uh, passionate about. Every time there's like screenplay competitions, oh, I will avoid yeah. uh, submitting to those, even though it's like, why not? Why, why, like, why not do it? You yeah. Know, if, if you have the money, I mean, I know they're not, it's, it's a numbers game, but, you know, even just sending a script to someone where you're like, hey, I want to get, get their opinion on it, but I'm afraid, oh, they're going to, what are they going to say? Oh, I don't want to read it. Oh, it sucked. Oh, fuck you never talk to me again like like there's so many things um and then you know can avoid people in places because of social anxiety so yeah yes all of it uh you just reminded me of something i something i wanted conquered i kind of did for i did it for one time but is doing stand-up i've always wanted to do it i've you know i've done improv i i have like a little passion for acting, but all that stems from like my passion of wanting to do stand up comedy. Mm. And, but I'm like, I had, there's so many fears that come behind it. So but I did it. How when, did it go when you did it the first time? Oh, it was a hit because a, a bitch is good, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bitch is funny. But no, it, it's still, I was still like, oh, well, the next time it's gonna be even harder now. Like, like no one's gonna laugh. But like, I, I'm, I could be okay with it, like bombing. I don't think I can physically bomb. I think the way my, nat- my natural state of, of conversation, I don't think I could ever bomb a show. And then people are like, that's not possible, true. I'm like, it is because 
I will make the joke out of the bombing and then they will laugh and then it's no longer a bomb. Uh, <laughs> but see, this is why you have to do it. Yeah, I did. I need to just get my ass out there. But I will say that the moth is back and oh. I'm, I'm going to put it out there on here so that I'm, I am, I am obligated. Uh, but how about this? I'll do you one better to everyone listening who has a direct connection with Mike. When you hear this, if you don't know what the moth is, look it up. It's like a spoken word, uh, you know, a storytelling contest. You should message Mike if you truly believe that Mike has a great story and should submit. Message him on Instagram and say, Mike, you gotta submit for the moth. Yes. And, and if, if we get what? If we get 10 people to, to message you, will you do it? If we get 10 people to message you, do it, I'll do it consistently. I'm gonna do it regardless at least once. But if we get 10 people messaging me and Yeah, because you got to do it more than once because there's a chance that you don't get chosen. Everyone has to yes. submit. There, I don't even know how it works with COVID now. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, uh, places that allow people indoors and stuff. But it's right at Los Globos, so it's like in the neighborhood. Yeah. So I literally can walk there. So, then, the, so remember, message Mike. Say, Mike, you got to submit to the moth. Come, come for my ass. Come for him. The, okay. One of the topics that's coming up is legends. Now, how... How perfect is that? Because I have, I'm going to literally be Have on. we, I was going to say, have we talked about this on the pot publicly yet? Have I don't we, think we have, but whatever. I don't. Is I, this I, where you make your announcement? Do you, you want to announce it now? Uh, sure. I'm pregnant, everybody. No, um. <laughs> Calm other, down. Other than being pregnant. No, I, I actually got the okay to announce it now. So okay. I, can, I can talk about it. But I'm going to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple what? reboot. Uh, on the CW. Oh shit! Yeah. Wait. Okay. Tell tell uh, people who don't know what that is. It's like a, it's a show from the '90s where they used to get like a, it was like teams of two, uh, mostly always like a boy and a girl, and they're all different colors like uh, purple parrots, the orange iguanas, green monkeys, all these silver snakes. Okay. But then they all would compete in these like physical competitions and then also like a trivia all based on like an ancient legend and then when they and they beat all these different rounds they get to go through this huge temple and there's this huge big old face called Olmec and he like talks and he's like hello kids oh yeah By, yeah D Bradley Baker is the voice of it right on so yeah that uh, D Bradley Baker is the voice of this one but the change of the show is it's adult so it's the people it's the people that were the those kids back when in the 90s that have grown up now so That's basically all awesome. the contestants were like millennials but uh, yeah I went on the show me and my roommate Augie uh, and it airs uh, October 10th uh, I think at like 8pm I don't know the actual time and, but October and you, 10th you're gonna find Sunday. out what episode you're in soon right yeah, okay. I don't know what episode exactly, so you just got to watch every single one. Hoping yeah, I'm watch every up. episode. Start uh, on October 10, make the show a hit. Yeah, not going to tell you what happens to me in the show. You got to watch to find out. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't die because I'm here now. So that's 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 uh, a spoiler point. alert. Yeah. Unless I'm a ghost. Ooh. Oh, man, Mike, you know, I'm afraid of ghosts. <laughs> like that's just show episode airs and then I like fade away afterwards. Like, I just <laughs> wanted you guys to see the way I went. Yeah, Mike uh, <laughs> wanted I I was alive on Earth long enough for you to overcome your fears, and now I'm okay. I mean, the shit was crazy though. The shit was crazy. Like it, I thought you know I'm thinking like, oh, this is like the little kid show. You know, we're gonna be wading in the water, and then you know just go like and move a little like stone monkey, and it's like 
call it quits. Yay, fun. No, nah, this is, they got a, it was a real ass moat. We were really in the jungle. Like, this shit is crazy. Wow. I was, yeah. I was like, uh-uh. This is, I don't know. I don't I know. Wait. It, it's a lot. You're going to see me dying, basically. I'm like, oh, even thinking about it right now, I'm getting pains in my body. Yeah, you, I mean, you might not make it. This might be you projecting from the future. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so, yeah. So, so watch that show when it comes out. Uh, let's do number six. What types of topics make you uncomfortable to talk about? Why? Is this based in fear? This is kind of a silly question for us because I think we kind of went over what kind of topics make us uncomfortable. Yeah. We went over like 40 of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with all these episodes. Yeah. I mean, I would say like talking about myself makes me uncomfortable. So this whole thing is like a, a exercise in self, uh, deprivation or not deprivation, uh, submersion. There you go. Yeah, I I think yeah because initially you kind of were like oh do fifteen questions what's this about I don't know I was like people don't care about yeah me. I was like no I was like look at him trying to get out of this <laughs> hell no you about to answer these damn questions all right well, should we do the next one yeah, let's do the next one yeah uh so number seven are you currently in an unhappy unhealthy or dysfunctional relationship that you're scared of getting out of no no I think see these some of these maybe be, with America right. Maybe I'm with not, LA. Yes. I feel like I'm in a dysfunctional relationship with LA. I'll say that. I love this city too much to leave, but also I'm, I can't stand it. Uh, so that's a deep one. I mean, I think everyone has to answer that on their own. Uh, yeah. Let, let's let's do these like sub questions, like so that people know. So if you are if you are in this situation, ask yourself why. What are you scared of? Is it the fear of being alone? Is it of not finding someone else? Is it being hurt or not being loved? Those are all heavy topics. Yeah. Um, whatever your fear is, can you go deeper and see if it's based in an even deeper fear? That I don't even. I yeah, don't know. I I will say my unhappy. I do have a couple like relationships that are not fully fixed. I'm even like going through like a spiritual course with my my mentor. He's like I call him Sexy Jesus, but he <laughs> uh, the oh, wait. Have you seen Hamlet too? N- rock yes. me, rock me, rock me, Sexy Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, but it, uh, we're going over relationships tonight, and there's basically mending and fixing those relationships that are not perfect. Not perfect, but are not the, where they need to be. So I do have some. And I yeah. know that the fear is like not being loved or, or being, you know, those the relationships. Yeah, I mean, there's some forever. friendships, you know, where like you're not as close as you used to be, you're not as close as you want to be. And, and there is that aspect for sure. Um, uh, number eight Are you currently in a job that you're scared to leave? Uh, no. Why? What is the fear? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, uh, everyone's scared to leave a job that maybe isn't like their dream job because of financial reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how jobs keep control over you and control your life. Initially, during COVID, this was a harder question, or mm-hmm. this was a real question for me because I COVID had really created some challenges for for certain jobs that I had before in the past, and so I had to really be like. You have to make a decision that's based that's best for your health and your safety, not just like thinking about the dollar, just thinking about like, oh, it'll uh, like, uh, uh, you know, who cares about everybody else? I had to really I had to look at the bigger picture and I was like, this isn't safe for me. It's not safe for my family. It's not safe for my future and, and for others that I'm interacting with. I need to not do this. I need to not right. contribute to the problem. Right. So that, you know, back then it was hard. Uh, but yeah. now I don't play no games. All right. Yeah. Number nine. Uh, do you fear the truth? Damn. Are you afraid of hearing the truth and why? Yeah, I think everyone is a little bit. Yeah. 
I I mean I I hate hearing the truth. I don't think people tell me the truth as much as I I I I long to hear it though. I think that's true of everyone. I think so many people are afraid of the truth, so they don't want to say the truth. Yeah, they don't like want to it, admit the truth. It doesn't even have to be the truth about you. Some yeah. people you could be so afraid of the truth, you don't even want to tell the truth about someone else. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm not I can't tell like if someone's like, a toxic person, you're like I can't tell them they're a toxic person because like. That, what does that mean about me? Why was I friends with them for so long? Why was I re- in a relationship with them so long? Why are that when I let them? Why didn't I call my dad out or my uncle, drunk uncle, a long time ago? Like you don't want to face that truth because it brings up so many realities that you weren't even ready to face. And I think a lot of times too, if you admit the truth, if you face the truth, then that means you have to change. Mm-hmm. Something has to change. The Some, reality has to change. That yes, and that's tough for a lot of people. Or not change. Something that you want to change, but the truth is, it's never going to change. Like, that truth also could be hard to realize. Yeah. I will say, this is a big one for me. Uh, I guess, oh, see, sometimes they do get intense. (laughs) Is dealing with, especially last night, for some reason, there was every which way there was a sign that was leading me back to thinking about the, the, the death of one of my best friends. And whether it was like, it was like a playlist on Spotify. It was like randomly like this Spotify made it. And then like, it was like all songs he liked. So I was like, what the fuck? You know? And then his family was uh, posted some, some great memories of him and stuff like that. And then there was another song or something that came on. There was all these different just moments. There was just, just all these things that were just bringing me back to thinking about him. And then I was like, I mean, the truth that I don't want to face is that like, I was like, damn, I'm never, ever, ever going to be over this. I am never going to be over this. Like it was, it's literally one of the most devastating things that has ever happened in my life. I think, I think I constantly have, I have an older family. So like my mom is the youngest, like seven. So I have my cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff were, were pretty old and come from a different time. So like there, I've been to a lot of funerals and I dealt with a lot of loss, but for some reason, the, you know, losing my, one of my best friends was like, that shit did not, it's, it's like, it's something that is, it's like completely has messed me up. And that's one of those things you don't want to like, you don't want to tell people that because then people are like, oh, well, he's messed up. He's not right. You know, but it's like, honestly, it is. It's, it's, it's messed. I'm never, like the truth, I don't, I don't want to, I try, I hate hearing that. That like, I'm like, you mean to tell me I'm never, I'm never going to be over this. And I don't want to be because then that doesn't like, does that mean that I just forget about him? So like I like so I was like you can't I was like I guess I just have to deal with this for the rest of my life, and so and and I I found you know beautiful ways to to hold his memory, that make that makes it, uh, I mean, that makes the pain accompanied with a lot of a lot of happiness as well, uh, not just pain only but still the pain is always gonna be there. So like I was like that just it's. That's a truth that I just can't deal with. That's like he's never, it's never going to be the same ever again. Yeah. And that just, I don't know, that sucks. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you, hit, you hit a lot of angles with that. I don't have anything to add. Just. <laughs> just. Yeah. That's tough. I just, yeah. That, like, it's, yeah. I can't even, I don't even want to like get into it. I'm getting like sad now. I think, but, I think uh, maybe to bring, bring it back, like, the truth is scary. And a lot of times it's not easy to deal with. But, like, with a lot of these fears, by identifying them, that is the, the first step towards making them less scary. Yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta identify them. You gotta so you can see what they look like, like and then expect a Patronus or whatever on their ass. Here's uh, an interesting one. <laughs> number how, ten. Number ten. How do you feel around authority figures? Scared, nervous, shy, uncomfortable. I mean, I'm I'm definitely uh, nervous around authority figures, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Um. I will say yes, uh, because it, it goes back into like the not being intelligent enough or whatever type thing. But then also it's hard for me not to hear things in the way that is not that it shouldn't that it shouldn't be translated as or it shouldn't be interpreted as. And, w- and let me elaborate on that. I had there was a time where I was a, a busser and. I wasn't. I shouldn't have been a busser for one. It was like whatever you know the reasons might have been. They, you know, uh, they hired me as a busser even though I had like ten years or whatever serving experience. Then because of that, I, I, I was. I always just felt less than at the job, and so when people would talk to me, I just felt like they were just talking to me as as less than because that's what they hired me as. So I knew that's what they thought of me as. It wasn't an interpretation. It's literally what you thought of me because you put me in that position. So then once I moved up, because obviously I was always qualified to move mm-hmm. up, uh, I, I couldn't shake still feeling that same way I felt as the person that was hired as a busser. So I, I would literally be serving like the CEO and I'd be serving like, you know, the president and all that. And I knew them. I literally was friends with the CEO and her daughter. But I would be very quiet or timid instead of my natural server and vibrant self because I was just like, I don't want to like, I don't want to talk too much. They, I, I don't want to bother them and stuff. And then one thing that like really messed me up was then I think they met, one of them made the comment, someone, I don't know who it was. Someone made a comment to one of my bosses, like, does he even know how to serve? Like, does he even know what he, does he, has he, does he have experience doing this? They said that and that hearing that sentence just, it just goes like everything just, I just got super small. I was like, I'm like, I was right. See the fears of the fears were justified that, but it was all because I was afraid of talking to the authority figures because I knew how they saw me and I, and I, I was, it was weird. It's like, you know how they see you. So then you, you act like how they see you. And it becomes that self-fulfilling thing. It's like when you see someone on the street and like, for some reason you think they don't want to talk to you. And so then you're like, Oh, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see them. And then they see you and then like, Oh, I guess he doesn't want to talk to me. And then, so you don't talk to each other. And then that happens, you know, multiple times. Then you stop being friends. You stop pretending like you even know each other. Yes. It becomes a self-defeating thing. Oh yeah. But I, there, you know, I had my aha moment and it was, um, there was a moment I went, you know, I went out to dinner with the, with the CEO and kind of, and laid this out. And, and she, she gave me, she gave me some wisdom and some knowledge that was more or less like, you know who the hell you are. So be who you are. Yeah. And if people can't deal with that, that's on them, not on you. Yes. That's so true. Or I was just thinking like, you know, that old adage, like treat people how you want to be treated. It's like, we usually think of that in the context of be nice, but we don't think of that in the context of like, be confident, be like who you want to be. Like, like, like treat other people like they're cool. Like they matter. Like, cause you want to matter, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you treat other people like they're uh, like important and a valuable person to know, 
other people will feel that same way about you. That's why some people that we know, they, they just have such a good way of making you feel like you're important to them. And that's such a nice quality to have of someone that make, that make you feel like you're like the only person in the room or, or like, or like that they're like really good, like that you're really good friends with them. Even if you're like kind of surprised, you're, you always like think of that person better. You're always like, wow, I just fucking love that dude. Or like, I really love that person, you know? Yeah. Like, like I think that's a, that's a valuable lesson from that. Like, like don't be afraid and don't make yourself small, like thinking that you're small in someone else's eyes make that person big and be big because you, and then you will be big. Yes. Which is a perfect tie in to it. I don't know if we want to finish these questions and come back to it, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we can, we can touch on, we can touch on that. All right. So, so for people who haven't seen the film, it, it is uh, the movie with the scary ass clown. Yes. Based on Stephen King book, Stephen King book. uh, And it's a bunch of kids facing off against this clown that basically becomes their biggest fears. Yes. It's like essentially the Harry Potter Bogart in one. Pretty much. Uh, and there's It Part 1, which is all the kids. And then there's It Part 2, which is they come back to the town 27 years later as adults. Yes. Uh, and all and those it, fears still remain. The fears are still there. In fact, they've gotten so powerful that when the, the adults come back to town, they forgot that they were even friends. They forgot they grew up in this town. They forgot all of their traumas because they had stuffed it down so far. And the further they got away from town, the further they got from the truth, basically. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like a, a metaphor of, like, you know, leaving your hometown or leaving your fears behind or, you know, and moving on. Yeah. You kind of become this new version of yourself. But, like, those fears are all still there. Yes. And so throughout the, the It Part 2, the characters have to confront these past fears that they had forgotten in order to overcome them. Mm-hmm. And then that's how when they go and they face this this fear monster in the end, they're able to, you know, spoiler alert, defeat it by, number one, first overcoming those things that they forgot, and number two, overcoming the, the idea of fears being scary in the first place. Yeah, they were, they were, able, they were, able, they were able to, like, uh, manipulate the size of the, of the monster because of... Of how how they view it, yeah, and it's like there's a they, there's this great quote in it where it's like there's a lot of ways to make something small or someone feel small, and and you know uh, yeah no spoilers but basically they use that idea to make the literal thing they're afraid of so tiny that they can just squash it. Yes, so that's um, yeah. That's where I was going into like where the fears never go away, just become more manageable because you're able to like. Basically, like, make them small and put them in a little box and be like, you're in that little box. Now, now you don't get to just roam free and, and, and you know, spread your, your fear and your, and your crazy terror all over my, my mind and my brain. You're in a little ass little box, back, way in the back somewhere in some little part of the brain we don't even fuck with no more. And then when it pops up, you're able to identify it and name it and be like, oh, I know where you came from. Yeah. That's my fear. Of Everything's organized. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to your wife and, and, and Shout and out to Delise. Yeah, once Delise. again. Yeah, they see these organizers. They they organize, they compartmentalize. But I'll put you a little. I know where you at. Don't worry. You cute. You in a filing cabinet somewhere. Uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But definitely, um, that to go back off what we were initially talking about, like in the in in with the big and small. I at this point in my life, I will never, never, intentionally make myself small. 
Now I, I might I might do it naturally and then, and then battle it and challenge it. But back in the day, I used to intentionally make myself small because I was like, oh, that's the best option. Now it's like, no, you gonna get. I'm gonna wear my skirts. I'm gonna wear whatever the fuck I want to wear. I'm gonna I'm gonna praise and and congratulate and support my friends and family and people that I care about, even if it comes out of nowhere, I don't give a fuck. If you're doing something good and I want to say something nice to you, I'm gonna say something nice to you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not biting my tongue anymore. That's it was that it hurt. That stuff I felt like I how the hell was I able to to live this long all closed the fuck up and I'm supposed to be claustrophobic, fake ass claustrophobia. Like <laughs> so like that's why I'm out. I'm out this I'm out this bitch now. I can't breathe. Like I need to get out of this. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. So like it's no longer no longer will I allow, you know, negativity or or hatred or some type of ism to like to make me small and to make me feel less than. Like I'm a, I'm gonna kick that shit in the face. So hell yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, here's one to go off of that. Number eleven is: Are you afraid of what other people think of you? Um. Clearly, we both are. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's certain people. There are, there's a sele- there's a certain select group of people that I still very much care what they think about me. Obviously, it's gonna be like your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. Sure. Uh, like a boss. Uh, you know, very close friends. You, I care what they think about me. Now, does that mean like? It's not the same as it always used to be. Like, I don't care if they, like, don't like the outfit I'm wearing. That's not what I care about. But I do, I will always care about if they think that I'm a decent person, a good human being, doing the right thing, uh, doing well to my, onto myself, as I should. That's something I'm not, you know, people aren't good at loving yourself that much. And I worry that people can recognize that. So, yeah. and, and so then yeah, I need to be better about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do. I care about, I care what people think about me. I'm not even going to be the person that lie. I don't care what nobody think about me. No, that ain't true. I got a fucking Instagram and my shit be, I'm a Visco girl. That shit be edited. I'd make sure that shit is curated. I'd be archiving pictures and shit when they don't go right with the theme of the season. I check to see who's seen the story. Come on. I care what people think. I ain't even going to lie. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. Yeah. My version of not of acting like I don't care what people think of me is just like not posting anything online. I'm just like I don't exist online anymore. If I could, I'd delete my Instagram. But that that's just one way of caring what people think about you. There's other facets of your life where I can I know that for certain that you care what people think because you like, you know, certain conversations that you may avoid or, or hanging out or doing certain things. You're like. Oh, oh, they're mad at me now, or something. So I'm like, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they're like you care about. We all we we do. I think to be a caring person, you have to care about what others think. Yeah, like it, it makes you feel like you're like self centered or something when you're focused on like what other people think. But I mean, how else do you think about other people? Yeah, you have to imagine their thoughts and imagine them as having their own lives and what they're doing. The person who told the world to not care about what other people think at all. Is that's a white supremacist? <laughs> oh shit! Because <laughs> like they don't give a fuck. I don't give a damn. It's about me, 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 me. I don't give a damn what y'all think. I don't even care if y'all rights are taken away and you're you're sad. The thing I don't that's care. messed up is people are very successful doing that, right? Yeah. Because everybody thinks it's a great quality. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Number twelve. Does uncertainty and not knowing scare you, or make you feel uncomfortable? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Oh yeah. With my with like jobs and 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 living, or just not knowing what other people think, yeah, and it's just so nervous. Like, oh my gosh, why didn't they respond to my text? Did they hate me? 
Every I'm, time I send a text message to a group chat I'm in and no one responds immediately, I'm like, oh, they hate me. Take nothing. Yeah. It's over. I'll be um, in a group chat with like seven people. I'm like, not, my, not my, one of y'all. My credibility is gone. They, they all they all hate me now. You don't get a thumbs up, a heart, a question mark, an exclamation point, nothing. But it's so funny because like I will also like live my life and not respond to things right away and then like don't even think anything of it. Oh, so I miss I'll it, miss the answer questions and stuff like all the time. And yeah. I'm like, oops, my bad. Yeah, so I, it's not actually you. If, if you have the same feelings I have, people, it's not you. Yes. Sometimes um, it's you, maybe, but not always. You know what I'll say? The uncertainty and not knowing that that scares the shit out of me, makes me uncomfortable, has to do with dating. Oh. Uh, not knowing if people are going to be okay with, with my lifestyle, but also not knowing who the fuck, what they think and what they're doing. I can't. I walk into a room. You can't. I can't just look. You know, it's like the way how I live my life. I can't. I can't just look and look. Oh, that's a girl right there. So that's that's obviously who I'm going after. That girl could be not into men. That girl could not be a girl. That you know identifies a girl. Like so that uh, and so like there's so many different things like that. That that kind of uncertainty drives me crazy because I don't know. I'm like I don't know who to look for, what to look for, when to look for it. So <laughs> like, sure, that that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, so if, if, if a person can fall out of the sky for me, please do now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's do number 13. How do you feel about change? Uh, Does it scare you? And what about it scares you? So I think I have a romanticized view of change where I'm like, yeah, change is good. Change is cool. Um, but then when change actually happens, I'm a lot more like, what the fuck is this? Like holding onto the rails, like, like this is scary. Like I'm, a, I'm terrified. Like the whole world is crashing around me. Um, I had a lot of change happen this last year. I mean, as did everyone. And mm-hmm. it, it really threw me for a loop. What about you? Uh, change is really scary for me. Um, I mean, I had a lot of changes too with this pandemic. That, that uh, reminds me of it as well because I think the whole part one, part two deals a lot with change. Yeah, and the fears that came, the new fears that arise from that, because they like forgot about all their childhood stuff, right? But then there's new things that are going happening in their adult life that are literally just a new version of that same thing, like whether it's like you know Jessica Chastain's character, Bill Hader's character, all these different people's characters, they literally are dealing with the same thing they dealt with as a kid. It just seems different because now it's 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 uh it's designed within a in a job or in a in a bad marriage or something like that. So like. It's that those changes uh, are very scary to me because I, I'm, 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 for me, I'm so aware of them. I'm, I'm so aware of what, of what could happen. I'm always like a person that's like, I, I, I'm thinking of all the crisis. I'm like, oh, I don't like this change because last time something like this happened, it, this, this, and that, and the other happened or occurred, or this was painful, or this was sad, or this hurt, or this was scary. So, like, that's why I don't like change. So you're tying it to, like, a past thing that happened. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I'm easily, re- I, I relate it to history a lot, mm-hmm. whether it's my history or world history. So, like, that's why I don't like, that's why change for me is scary, because I know, I know what that means. That's, it's the same thing with, I mean, the planet. Like, I can't deny climate change, but am I fucking terrified about it? Yes. I, that, I know that means that things are going to break and crumble and catch on fire and, and burn and people are going to die and I might, I could be in danger. Like that shit is scary. And also the fear that no one, there's a bunch of people that don't give a fuck and continue to fuck it up. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it might, does that make me not a, uh, 
aware that it's coming or deny it or like not be open to it. No, I'm open to it. It's just I know there's a lot of scary stuff that can come with it. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, um, number 14, are you comfortable with being vulnerable? If not, why not? And can you pinpoint a deeper fear? Well, I'll be lying. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be a lying ass if I was like, I'm not comfortable with being vulnerable. I don't even like sharing things about my life, actually. <laughs> but the thing is, you did share that what your, vulner- your comfortability with vulnerable does make you... Your comfortability with vulnerability does make you uncomfortable. Yes. So so even as someone who's comfortable being vulnerable, you are uncomfortable. Yeah. That I I think that people get the misconception sometimes that, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna put myself in this group because like I have done the things that they've done, but I do I see myself in in the group that uh, uh with them? Yes, bitch. But like you know, you got you got famous comedians, you have famous actors, uh, writers, uh, you know, uh, just anybody, dancers, musicians. These people that do these things, I like. To, I think there's a lot of misconception. People they they probably go out there like, oh, they go out there and they just they're never nervous, they're never scared. They can just they can just do anything. They can get on stage and just fucking kick ass. No, 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 no. Like I I can speak for myself. I'm nervous and scared like most of the time. Like, I'm freaking out, like, even when I'm talking about certain things or, or divulging certain secrets or personal things, it's, I, am I scared or nervous? Yes. Can I do it? Yes. That, so it's like, it's, uh, the, the, there's certain questions you have to ask me. This is, this is actually, it, it plays into a lot of how I interact with people and how I'm loyal to people, where if someone asks me, do you want to do this? The answer would be like, no. Can you do this for me? Yes. So you don't want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. But you will. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. They're like, so do you actually, like, to, why are you doing it then if you don't want to? I'm like, because I care about you. That, that supersedes all of that. So, like, I, I, I can be afraid. It's, it's the same thing goes, like, I can be scared or nervous, but it's like, well, then will you get on stage and, and talk to people? Yeah, I'll do it. But aren't you scared? I'm like, yeah, I'm both at the same time. What's wrong with that? Like, yeah. it's like I just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to find a way to push through it. I can't get rid of it. It's like I will, I will never not be nervous. I will, I will never not be afraid of, of of certain things. But do I know how to manage it now and translate it better or and express it differently? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like that's the the way you have to do it in order to to do anything (laughs) like you know you have to be okay with being like scared to do it or uncomfortable to do it and then do it and then move forward yeah i mean that's literally what started this conversation is like do it afraid like yes i'm scared i'm gonna do it i'm scared like i i think that's that's something that's such an important message to people who are who deal with major milestones uh, like, you know, new, new career, uh, going to college, graduating from college, uh, like living, moving away from parents or going out on your own, getting married, having children, uh, you know, all these different things, getting older, like all these different situations that are major milestones, different people's lives for different reasons at different times. Like they, you have to be comfortable with being 
uncomfortable. It's going to be it's going to be crazy cuz you don't know what the fuck it's like. You ain't done it before. So even if you and even if you had like, oh I had three kids already and now I'm having a fourth. You've never had a fourth child before though. You never had this child. Yeah, you never had this child. I don't know what the fuck they're going to be like. They might not be like none of them. So like it's going to always be some unknown that you're going to be afraid of or are nervous to venture out into and so you just got to you got to be ready for that shit. You got to be like I got all the tools I need. Like I I mean I always love alluding things or or finding ways to metaphorically tie it into like, you know, my fantasy world and all that shit like that. But I always think about like, I got to have all of my tools I need for my adventure because it's going to be a long fucking journey. It's going to be a long adventure. I need all my rations, my weapons and my badger potions and, you know, my map and all my shit. I need to have it ready <laughs> just in case because, you know, some dragons going to come out, some crazy shit going to go down. It's going to be witches and wizards and shit. So like, I got to be set up. I know, I know it's gonna be a crazy journey. So I need to have my tools ready. So that that's kind of like how I see it. Is like with dealing with uncomfortability. Is like I have tools now. I got I got a whole pack full of shit. So let's go. Like if it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be frightening. It's gonna make me nervous. It's gonna be rooted in my deepest fears. Like I've I've found new ways to tackle it or or be ready for it because I know it's gonna come. So the last question is really interesting. Yeah. Do you enjoy being alone? If not, why not? And what deeper fear is it based on? So what are your thoughts? Um, well, this is so interesting because as a writer, like, I, with the exception of writing scripts with you, uh, I, I actually, I mean, that's such a solo practice yeah. that I do enjoy it. I do enjoy being alone sometimes because then I don't have to, because remember, I care about what people think. I care about how people perceive me if I seem intelligent and all that shit like that. Mm-hmm. If anybody's sitting in there, it's just me. Oh, fuck. I can't, I, I know I can't stand myself, so I can deal with my black ass. Like, I, I'm cool. I already know what you're thinking. Like, I, you, like <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Mike. I can, I can deal with you, your stupid yeah. ass. So, like, that's easy to be by myself because I, I know him. And and on the contrast, it's like very exhausting being around other people, like with yes. constantly worrying about what they're thinking and what they're, you know, how they're feeling and all that stuff. But so I I, I always find I'm a very introverted extroverted person. I got I, I fluctuate because I love being in a corner quiet room by myself. But I also I thrive with a fucking dance party. So uh, I think that comes because I I have a time limit. Like I love being alone. But because I know myself, I get I can easily get tired of myself very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I need I need other people. I need to be like, okay, I'm done with you. I did, I did three hours of Mike. I'm over his ass. I can't stand him. He was <laughs> tripping on some shit. He started making up stories in his head. Some were about dragons. Some were about uh, you know his insecurities. And I, I'm tired. He's thinking too much. He's doing too much. He sure. put too much on everything. So I need to go talk to somebody else. So that's why I, I love being by myself. But I can't be by myself. All day and night for weeks on end. No, because I am. I think I think we I'm got we cool. got we got very confused and misled by this whole extrovert extroverted introverted thing. I think like a lot of people put a lot of of stock into being one or the other, but I think the truth is everyone is both. Yeah, and there's just they just have different cycles for how long they need to be. They need to recharge with one or the other. Mm-hmm. I, Those I are think different. that because that, we're social creatures by design, like like inherently social, like in our in our group mentality or herd mentality, and then also we we are can also be very we can thrive as solo individuals as well. 
So We've think, definitely learned that after last year. Yeah. That that brought a lot of stuff, like forced us to be like, wait a minute. Totally. We love, we need each other. We can do this by ourselves. Can we do it by ourselves? Yes. Do we want to do it by ourselves? No. So it's like, that's like, that, that you know it's how I live my life. It's like I can't just because I can do it don't mean I want to do it. And so like it, it the last year definitely made that real made me realize that because I lucked out. We had to deal with the pandemic. We had a house a house full of roommates. Yeah. So we were we had other people to communicate with and talk to. That was extremely lucky and privileged compared to some people who were living by themselves. Yes. Did you just hear how I talked about being with myself for like four hours and I get sick of myself? Imagine if I was by myself for seven, eight, nine, ten months by myself. That would not have been pretty. I would have had like just being fully vulnerable and outright. I would have had to like force to get uh, professional help right? because I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, um, it, was, it was tough and a lot of people struggled through that. I mean, drinking went up, uh, self-medicating in all forms went up during that the last year. Um, Depression. I mean, I hate to go there, but even suicide rates went up. I mean, everything went up uh, during that time period. And I don't know where we've landed with things. It's such a weird middle ground gray area where it's like some things are open, some things are not. People have adapt. Some people have adapted to this new normal. Some people haven't. It's just it's, we're, we're, we're coming out on the other side of it, but then we're also not. It's very strange. Yeah. And I... I will say to to tie one one more thing back into to it that really resonated with me. Yeah. Uh, between part one and part two, is that they had this camaraderie, they had this friendship, this like this click. You know, it was the it was the girl and a couple of boys, or whatever. And they had like a blood pact and all this stuff like that. They're like, if 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 he ever comes back, we're gonna we have to reunite. But beyond that, they just had this unit and then they all went to go live their separate lives as adults come back 27 years later and they they were able to rebuild that bond slowly it took a minute but they were able to rebuild it and i think that is so important that like you may have this relationship or this something that like completely just went away for a long ass time it could be a mom it could be a dad it could be a high school friend it could be an old co-worker i don't know it could be relationship with god but it, it could have went away for a while and you're like, oh, because it was gone for so long, there's no way it can come back now. And I'm like, no, that's that's that fear talking. And like, I think it's so important to realize the fear going to be there. You need to learn how to manage it. You need to learn how to deal with it and fight it. And one of the biggest ways to do that with, with those with being worried about the relationships being broken is to try to jump back into it. Do whatever you need to do. And and I and and just go for it. Like be like, oh, I'm gonna try to rekindle it. I know it's crazy. I haven't talked to you in 30 years or something. This is coming out of the blue. Hey, if the person responds to you and they're all chill and everything's hunky dory and y'all work it out and you and you guys reconnect, cool. If they're like, you know what, it's been 30 years. I never want to speak to you again. Now you know. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's, we just move on now. Year 31. I ain't tripping because I already know you don't want to fuck with me no more. But either way, you you have you you faced it and battled it. Stop leaving it in the unknown. And so I like when in the movie it when they all come back together, they like they have no choice but to like they're not living in the unknown anymore. Now they have to like face it and be like, wait a minute, what happened when we were kids? Why are we here? Why are we as an adult? Am I a good adult? Can we even beat it? Can we defeat the kind of like they were they were forced to deal with all that because they they dove like head first into it. So and, like, and there's a great line at the end where uh, the character that stayed in in this town for 27 years waiting for it to come back calls up none other character um, 
uh, who's the author, and they're talking. And this is now they just have regular phone calls where they actually stay in contact and they like remember things. And then he says, Oh man, what's the line? Something to the effect of, Why do you think it's that our, why do you think our memory hasn't faded away this time? And he said, Well, maybe it's because it's actually dead. And then the other guy says, Well, I think it's actually because we have a lot more that we want to remember than what we want to forget. And then he said, the author says, I like that one. And that's kind of like the end of the book. Yeah. Or end of the movie, I mean. I like Stephen King being meta over there. Yeah. But, okay, so that's something that you made me think about. And now, you know, it's real quick. Is that the one character that remembers everything and that stayed in the town is the black guy, right? Yeah, Mike. Yeah. His name is Mike. His name is Mike, which is <laughs> fucking me up. You know what I'm saying? But, and, yeah, okay. But... Stephen King, I don't know if he intentionally did this. I don't. I don't want to say he intentionally did this because I think I think he did he did this to a certain effect. But I don't want to give him this much credit because you know white men don't deserve that much credit. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all doing the best you can. But there. Uh, the uh, the other characters they got to live in a certain level of privilege. Yes. By leaving the town and they we, and they forgot about it. They don't we have to deal this. with that we anymore. Like, why is everyone rich? Why is everyone wealthy? Like, every one of them was, like, well-to-do upper class. Well-to-do upper class, doing chilling. Yeah. But yeah. then the one person that, like, had to remember and deal with it is the black guy. Reason why? And because that's how his- some... Oh, sorry, go ahead. But that's how history works. It's like, I don't get to... There's certain things in my life I don't get to just turn off and move away from, you know, dairy or whatever. And then, and just be like, I don't know how to deal with this anymore. Racism is only in dairy and I'm over it and I'm, and I'm good now. No, it doesn't matter where I go. You know, I'm probably gonna have to deal with it. So like that, his is his memory of these of the fears and all that are forever, like forever. I, that's what I took it as, because like he has like he some of his things he had dealt with race, and he's gonna always be a black man. So that's why he ain't gonna forget his. That's why you know they, they based it off of him being in the town the whole time. But I I saw it as because of his identity. That's yeah. why he has to deal with it always. I think it. I think it's like it was subtly implied for sure. Yeah, because even also Jessica Chastain, the woman's character, she deals with very serious misogynistic, uh, sexist situations. Yeah, no matter where she is. So right. like her and him had these things like they like they couldn't get rid of. The other guys had some emotional stuff they were dealing with, but at the same time they were like basically, oh, I'm, I kind of forgot about it. I kind of like moved on slightly a little bit. It's yeah. like oh, they did such a good job with privilege. All those characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just different, different aspects of it. It's you great. know what, though, keeping keeping in the in the spirit of of talking about this in the context of it. So, what would you say to someone who says, "Okay, so the guy who stays in town, remembers the history, confronts the trauma, is the one who's doing the least well." So, why would we want to? Why would I want to confront my trauma and confront my fears? And and not just like ignore them and just go off in a world of privilege where I don't have to face them all the time. What would you say? Because things were happening in their life, but they were not attributing it to those fears because they forgot what it came from. So so what I'm saying is as a as a white person or, or not a white person, as a man with privilege, uh, and you go and you, you know, you take yourself out of the situation. Like, I don't want to deal with these things. If I don't talk about it, I don't have to deal with it. It's going to come back up, but you're not going to be able to recognize it because you tried to work so hard to remove the to remove the memory of, of why that occurs. So like you could be like a white guy, like, I don't want to talk about racism anymore. You know, this kid was treated bis- ba- uh, treated badly when I was in high school. People call him N-word and all that stuff like that. That was one of the worst times of my life when I saw that happen and things and they have kids beating them up. So I don't want to ever talk about that. So they moved to somewhere that's just all white people. 
<laughs> and, and they don't want it, so they're like, I just want to avoid that. Way on the other side of the country. Yeah. Now, as oh, an adult, how convenient to forget. Yeah. Now, as an adult, they're like, oh, I never have to deal with that until they turn on the TV and then some crazy, you know, Black Lives Matter marches are happening. All this stuff is happening. And they're like, what the fuck? What is happening? Who's killing unarmed black people? What is, uh, why is this happening? This is too much to do it. You know why? It was always happening. You just tried to forget it. So now when it now when the fortune cookies pop up and there's monsters in them and shit, your ass is shocked. <laughs> That's an it reference, but because yeah. because you tried so hard to forget about it, so it's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah it does it, work that yeah, way. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It just it just you, you forget how to deal with it, or you forget that it, the, the why it exists. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, the so watch the movie. Uh, definitely check out followyourownrhythm.com the author her name is Borbola but she goes by Barbie it's her her blog and she has a lot of great information on here you can download the worksheet the free 15 questions uh y'all can you can work out the questions on your own you can work out them with somebody else like we did um but it's just it's just so nice to kind of actually be able to talk about this stuff it kind of it's uncomfortable it's it there is it brings up pain it brings up joy it brings up all these different emotions but it's just nice to be able to recognize these things because it gives me so much ownership of it. Yeah. Like I have, I have control of this. Like I, like I am no longer on autopilot. I'm no longer like riding in the backseat of my spaceship or whatever the hell it is. It's <laughs> like I have, I'm, I'm, I'm controlling this motherfucker. Yeah. So like now anything that, you know, any asteroids of, of hatred or, or, you know, alien pirates of, of, of shame that appear in my in my journey across the, the space of Mike Thompson, I know how to navigate this motherfucker because I'm controlling it now. So it's like it's it just it it does feel nice to 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 be working towards that versus the opposite or the alternative. I don't know. I just it yeah. was it was it was very dark and quiet and and sad. Like for when I when I lived in a life where I was like trying to keep myself small. And, and and just let the fears, you know, control my life. Let the fears guide me. Like, oh, I'm gonna let, you know, the, my fear of religion, my fear of my family, my fear of, of being bullied, my fear of all these these irrational fears that they weren't even gonna come to, to play really, uh, controlled how I lived my life. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple years ago, you know, pandemic and stuff, and I was just like, bitch, it's time. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So yeah. And, and and on the blog, uh, she says, like, for each of your fears, like, the next steps is to try and see if it's realistic. Does this fear make sense? Is it rational? Is it logical? Is it factual? Is it true? Or is it just a crazy uh, idea in your head? And so all of us, you know, are conditioned into thinking these things by uh, ultimately irrational reasons that to make yourself feel small, to make yourself, you know, afraid of meeting people or, or not putting yourself out there. Um, and so definitely check out the blog, uh, like you said. Uh, and then I also want to give a shout out to Delise. Um, check out the Instagram for Black Girls Who Organize. Um, it's literally Black Girls Who Organize. And then Delise's organ, uh, her Instagram account is Divine Order, the letter for you. So Divine Order for you. Um, we'll put it up on the on the Instagram page. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely check out Delise because whether she knew it or not, she inspired us. Uh, and tunes hopefully she'll inspire you to do it afraid. Absolutely. 
Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.